Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on the 5571 Podcast. And I wanted to take a moment really quickly before we started this episode to just thank all of my new listeners um, over the past few episodes and those who have subscribed. I really do appreciate it. If you came from my YouTube channel or from a recommendation from a friend, uh, thanks for stopping by and sticking around. And I hope you continue to subscribe to the podcast and listen to new episodes. And if you want to leave some feedback or rate the podcast, you can do that on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, um, feel free to do that. It really does help the podcast get pushed out there to more people. Um, But let's go ahead and get started right into the 5571 News segment where we cover all things Disneyland Resort news and some other theme parks as well too. And I wanted to go back to actually talking about Single Rider over at Space Mountain, which returned in some sort of really unique and odd fashion with the merging and asking to join other families type of uh, situation that was going on there. But they've actually uh, reverted that, thankfully, and gone back to the old style. So um, Single Rider is now returned back to the exit of Space Mountain. So um, instead of reporting to the main entrance like we had talked about before, you're actually going to go to the exit of Space Mountain just like you did in the past. Um, and then you'll they'll direct you where you need to go for single rider. Um, and it's pretty similar boarding process as to how it was before. Um, so glad to see that finally back. Next up, some other big news over at Disneyland Park. The scaffolding has actually started to come down around the Adventureland Treehouse. Um, now, we did see the scaffolding scrim, which is the big kind of green tarp that kind of covers what they're working on, um, come down. And we thought that was due to some of the windy weather we've been having here in Southern California. They actually brought down scaffolding or scrim, excuse me, around things like Tiana's Palace Restaurant and other locations that had construction going on inside Disneyland because with the scrim up, it can kind of turn into like a kite or a parachute with these high winds and drag all the, you know, scaffolding down with it, making it really unsafe, not only for the workers there, but surrounding guests and uh, that are around the construction. So um, we saw the scrim get pulled back, kind of rolled up around the different edges. So we thought, you know, it would just return back as soon as the windy weather went away. But What I noticed later on when I came back to the parks was that the scaffolding had gotten lower, almost two levels lower, Um, and it started to reveal itself. So essentially the whole top half of the treehouse, including the kind of the boathouse section and then the additional treehouse, you know, room on the left hand side that featured the SEA flag in the artwork. Both of those were completely exposed now, and we got a, a closer look at some of the new details that were emerging for the Adventureland Treehouse. Now, with the scaffolding starting to be deconstructed, we can only assume that um, the opening day for this attraction is going to be announced anytime soon. And um, we know that if you've ever you know, been a, a fan of Disney parks in the past, especially for Disneyland, they do absolutely love Memorial Day weekend for new ride releases, new show releases, etc. So I'm expecting to hear something soon potentially about a Memorial Day weekend opening for this attraction, potentially totally a speculation, but 
I would say they'd probably shoot for something along the lines of around Memorial Day weekend for a combo opening of both the Adventureland Treehouse and the Rogers musical over at Disney California Adventure Park, and potentially even a look at some of the model rooms at Disney's Pixar Place Hotel, or even the um, Disneyland Villas, the Design Hotel Villas over at the Disneyland Hotel. So um, we know Disney loves to kind of combine things together for um, a media event. They also love Memorial Day weekend. So can we see potentially uh, an upcoming media event, not only lumping in Rogers the Musical, but the Adventureland Treehouse and also some of the sample rooms potentially for the villas at the Disneyland Hotel and or the Pixar Place Hotel, um, which is right now Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. So that could be a potential. In addition to that, they would obviously ask invited media to focus on Toontown and other things, and especially since Toontown has continued to change. But we'll talk more about that in just a second. Um, but I wanted to mention that about the Adventureland Treehouse scaffolding coming down. So hopefully we hear soon about an opening date for this attraction. Speaking of opening and closing dates for attractions, we actually got um, an erroneous closing date that was announced for Splash Mountain only to be rescinded by the OC Register. So as of this time, we still do not have a closing date for Disneyland's Splash Mountain attraction as it awaits to be turned into Tiana's Bayou Adventure to match the construction going on over at Walt Disney World for their version of Splash Mountain, which has already closed. Um, no word yet on whether or not it's going to remain open through spring break, if it's going to remain open through summer, if it's going to close before summer. I would say there's probably something behind that May announcement that the OC Register had. They're not usually a, a news outlet that just kind of posts random stuff, especially when it comes to specifically Disneyland news. There's usually some sort of source or some you know, statement that they've received behind that. They may have said things a little too prematurely. Um, it looks like they were operating too off of the calendar on the website, which isn't always that accurate too, as far as far in advance dates, uh, as things continue and change, um, as you get closer to the dates themselves. So I want to say, um, Let's not count out the attraction closing before summer just yet. It is definitely a possibility, especially since the attraction's new version is supposed to open late summer. So um, it could still be a closure before summer. It could be a closure after summer. We will have to wait and see, unfortunately, with this one. And I don't know, based on how crazy it was at Walt Disney World when that attraction closed, if Disney this time around is going to give us um, so much far in advance notice about the attraction closing, are they going to take the route for Disneyland to go more of the like, hey, it's closing next week thing so people don't have an opportunity to kind of make reservations in advance and plan to come? Maybe they super limit reservations as far as day of availability or day before availability um, when they finally announce the date that it is closing, just to sort of help mitigate some of the massive crowds that might descend on this attraction for guests that want to get their last ride in on the older version of Splash Mountain that maybe they recognize or remember from when they were kids since this ride did open in 89, which is like not even that old when you think about it. Um, so there's definitely a lot of people that grew up with the attraction that probably want to ride the older version of it um, before it's changed into its newer version. 
all in all, we got to keep in mind the attraction itself isn't changing all that much. It's just getting a whole new theme, a new storyline, and probably a lot of updated special effects to kind of bring it into current day and age. So um, we'll have to just, you know, keep our eyes on the horizon when it comes to this particular attraction. It seems like Disney's going to really keep a lot of people in the dark when it comes to this closing date. Um, they're keeping it really close to the chest. They don't want to share it. Um, I don't understand the reasoning behind it, but it seems like this is what we're going to have to deal with, at least for the time being. Over at Disney California Adventure Park, there's a lot more progress going on over at the Pacific Wharf area, which is slowly transitioning and reimagining itself to the San Francisco Square location, which will feature Big Hero 6 characters, Baymax, of course. Um, but the Pacific Wharf Bridge was currently in the process of transforming to the San Francisco Square Bridge, which looks very similar to like the Golden Gate Bridge with some Tokyo influences if you've seen the movie. So um, the bridge itself received its Golden Gate Bridge color makeover, um, but the big giant archway pylons haven't been installed just yet, although the footers for them are in place and ready to go. They did just cap all of those with some regular wooden plywood boxes and they painted them the color of the bridge temporarily I guess until those arrive. Maybe they're still being crafted, they're still being painted off-site, not quite sure. Um, maybe the weather just isn't right for them to be able to install them just yet as far as maybe how um, they need to cure or you know after they're installed whatnot but for the time being they actually reinstalled the Pacific Wharf signing on the bridge, um, and they repainted it to match the new color of the bridge, um, and the bridge has reopened. So um, you can access the Pacific Wharf area now through the bridge once again. There's no walls on it whatsoever. So the bridge itself is done. It's just the archways that need to be installed and the new signage that says San Francisco Square. Now, as far as the buildings, all the sides that face towards the parade corridor, that main walkway where all the booths are right now for food and wine festival those building faces are already being updated with a bunch of different characters and um, you know japanese characters and 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 different signage and icons from the big hero six movie that's going to bring together san francisco square including um, some advertising signage for the new subversaria that's attached to uh, Cocina Cucamonga restaurant. So um, they're already well underway on transforming a lot of this stuff. We're going to see lanterns get installed there with Baymax icon icons on them and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things um, currently already underway and um, it's continuing to progress really quickly. They did say that it would all happen within phases, right? So we're not going to see like um, everything close all at once and then reopen all at once. We'll probably see the cerveceria open first, as well as the pylons being installed on the bridge first. Um, and then we'll see like the former beer truck location close as they transform that into the Baymax meet and greet. And then some other parts of the restaurants areas close, like maybe the Pacific Wharf Cafe as it turns into the Lucky Cat Cafe. Or maybe nothing really there changes at all and they just um, change the signage. We're not quite sure yet. They haven't shared too many details other than the artwork that they've um, shown to us now. And all the artwork that they have revealed to us, they've actually installed that on all the construction walls inside San Francisco Square um, as it's going on. So if you want to check out that, you can always just go to Disney Parks blog, of course, um, or you can go into the land and they've got it posted up on all the walls there outside the Cocina Cucamonga restaurant as they build the new beer location. 
Also in Disney California Adventure Park, construction walls have just popped up around the right-hand side of the Avengers Headquarters building in Avengers Campus. Now, if you have been following Avengers Campus since before it was built and when it was announced and since in D23, you might have seen familiar concept artwork that showed a pretty elaborate um, you know, building slash entrance to the building just to the right of um, the Avengers headquarters building underneath the Quinjet. Now, this was famously supposed to be the entrance to a meet and greet location for Avengers characters, as well as the entrance to the e-ticket attraction, whose show building would have been directly behind the Avengers headquarters building that we currently see today. Fortunately, um, all plans for that e-ticket attraction that was supposed to be based off of the Quinjet um, were all scrapped. And of course, this last D23 Expo in 2022, they announced a brand new e-ticket attraction coming to the land based upon um, the multiverse and King Thanos himself being the main iconic villain from um, this attraction in a, a different multiverse where Thanos won and wasn't defeated by the Avengers. So, um, this construction walls that have started up or these construction walls that have popped up, they are not related to the Avengers e-ticket attraction that was announced at D23 Expo. Um, however, it potentially could be like a precursor to that, right? In the artwork, it did show, um, like I said, a, a whole addition to the Avengers headquarters building that we have. Um, on the right-hand side. Now, not to say that any of this is going to look exactly the same as what we have there, um, but we did get confirmation that the construction walls that have popped up are to add a new gift shop in Avengers Campus. Now, this to me makes a lot of sense because if you've ever been to Avengers Campus, you know when it comes to merchandise, there just isn't a lot of space for that in Avengers Campus, which you'd think is super ironic considering that there's so much merchandise potential for a land like Avengers Campus. Um, but there's only two small gift shop locations. One is the web suppliers just at the exit of the Spider-Man Web Slingers Adventure Attraction, which only really has Spider-Man themed merchandise or merchandise specific to that attraction. Not really any other Avengers um, merchandise. So not a lot of potential there in the actual gift shop for a variety of things. Now, just outside the entrance to the attraction, there is a stand that sells a lot more Avengers merchandise, but it is only a merchandise stand. It's double-sided with like a little end cap on it. Not a lot of stuff there. And really, that's all there is inside of Avengers Campus if you don't count the gift shop at the exit of the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. However, just outside Avengers Campus in Hollywood Studios area of the Hollywoodland um, area of Disney California Adventure Park, they have an Avengers Superstore, which houses an immense amount of Avengers-themed merchandise. Um, but in my opinion, I don't think that everyone knows this is here. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities that Disney feels they're having with selling Avengers merch inside of Avengers Campus. Now, of course, you can get a lot of merch anywhere in all the different theme park gift shop locations in California Adventure that would have Avengers-themed merchandise elsewhere, not just there, especially on like Buena Vista Street. However, um, adding a gift shop 
that's attached to the side of the Avengers headquarters building really just makes sense considering that they have a lot of character meet and greets in these locations, especially ones that are relevant to a current Disney Plus show or a current Marvel movie that's out in theaters, and really a great opportunity for them to showcase merchandise that's specific to that. That's really never been an opportunity for them to do. It's only been an opportunity for them to do in this Avengers Superstore location or that small studio store that's just outside the um, Mickey's Philharmonic Magic 3D show. So it's, um, you know, potentially maybe somewhat connected to the King Thanos attraction as far as maybe like an entrance to it or an exit to it in the future. Um, and they're just getting a head start on the gift shop now. Or it could be a totally different gift shop that they've just imagineered because they realized there was a need for this type of thing in Avengers Campus. Either way, I think it's a good thing because I felt like it was a huge missed opportunity for them to not have more merchandise opportunities, especially with the amount of Disney Plus shows and movies that are releasing that they just can't merchandise within Avengers Campus, and it doesn't really make sense. So um, if you see construction walls in Avengers Campus attached to the Avengers headquarters building, just know this is for a gift shop, and it's not for the King Thanos attraction. Um, No word yet on when any ground is breaking for that attraction or an opening date even. Uh, We did get a teaser image for it when it was announced at D23 Expo, but no real timeline just yet. So we will have to wait and see when Disney shares more details. Also in Marvel related news and also related to a little bit what we were talking about earlier, um, content creator David Bellamy, also known as Davifornia on Instagram, actually posted some photos um, and had some keen eyes out on details that popped up over at the Hyperion Theater. Now, as we know, Disney announced that the Rogers musical from the Hawkeye series on Disney+, Plus, a version of that would be coming uh, or adapted to a live show experience over at the Hyperion Theater. Uh, that was already announced. We knew it was coming. Disney announced it on their TikTok, um, and we didn't know when that was going to happen. However, uh, Davifornia posted some new photos um, just today at the time of recording this, which is Monday, April 3rd, that the um, queues and chain link queues and all that stuff have been reset up over at the Hyperion Theater kind of courtyard area outside the theater. Now, for those that have been to Disney California Adventure in the past, you know, two years that it's been open again, or one and a half years that it's been open again. Um, This area was widely used for additional dining space for the PIM test kitchen and the um, PIM tasting lab drink area location as well. So um, this, you know, had, had no chain link line queue set up in it or anything like that. It was additional seating. It had a Choco Smash um, advertisement and all sorts of advertisements along the wall, sort of extending the PIM Test Kitchen dining space. Um, Well, that has all been deconstructed and all of the queues have been reset up again inside that courtyard, preparing for the guests to be showing up to watch the show. Now, preparation this early for um, the show's, you know, imminent beginning date, which is Probably, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I'm guessing closer to around Memorial Day when we kick off the summer season. Um, 
But having these cues show up in the courtyard area again and having it all cleared out is a good sign that something is coming soon now. Maybe they'll do some test days and they'll have um, guests come in to kind of, you know, let the cast rehearse a little bit and see it before they officially debut it. So you'll have to keep your eye on this if this is something that you've been looking forward to because this is a good sign, meaning that it will come soon. And Memorial Day weekend is just a month away. So um, it does all line up and hopefully that is when it is um, because I feel like this is going to be super popular and um, a big hit during this summer season. Back over at Disneyland Park, Mickey's Toontown saw some recent changes as well. The Centennial Park location where the tree is and all the roots that come out of the ground, that's that little play area, as well as the fountain have continued to be plagued with closures as the land continues to experience guests on a daily basis. We aren't really sure as to why these areas are closed. The Centennial Park specifically, those roots and the lamps that are all around the outside of the park, both experienced some pretty severe paint peeling, um, and it was becoming to make a little bit of a mess there. So um, maybe they're just closing it to repaint some of these locations. Maybe they've already been repainted and it's closed simply to allow the paint to cure as needed. Um, or maybe it's closed for some other reason. Now, we saw the fountain closed multiple times on opening weekend for some pH level testing in the water, as this is a fountain that they invite guests to actively put their hands in and play in for younger kids. So they have to make sure that chlorine levels are adequate to keep germs away. Um, so that could be a reason why that's closed, but it is some not so great start for, um, Mickey's Toontown and some of these closures of major areas of the park already, but we'll continue to keep an eye on this because so much is changing in Toontown. We still have not all of the elements completed at Goofy's house just yet, and some other effects that haven't been added to the fountain that were originally touted when it was first um, announced. So this is an ever-evolving area, and the weather delays probably continued to delay some of the things that haven't been implemented just yet. And in other theme park news, over at Knott's Berry Farm, they are actually extending the Boysenberry Festival. Now, if you guys live in Southern California, you know that we've been plagued by a crazy wet winter with some severe weather um, that has really just been delaying and causing havoc on a ton of things. Not only did it delay the opening of Mickey's Toontown and probably still delaying a lot of things that haven't been implemented there just yet because of those long days of wet weather, um, it has also affected Knott's Berry Farm's Boysenberry Festival. Um, so many days that this particular festival had been rained out or didn't receive the attendance it should have, um, being that it is an all-outdoor festival, plus a major outdoor show that cannot go on if it's raining, um, it really impacted the you know guests being able to experience this festival. So because of that, Knott's Berry Farm has, excited, has decided to extend the festival now through April 16th, and it's also going to be on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays um, from April 21st all the way until May 7th. So on those weekend days. So now you have all the way until May 7th if you're going to be going on the weekends to attend the Boysenberry Festival, which is great news. Um, I haven't had a chance to attend yet either, so I'm looking forward to being able to go. 
especially since the last couple times I tried to go, it was raining. Um, so now hopefully I'll be able to experience it um, because the Boysenberry Festival is literally the best time to go to Knott's Berry Farm. Um, and that's no different this year with so many amazing food offerings. So if you haven't already checked it out, consider doing that, especially if you're a season pass holder over at Knott's Berry Farm. And lastly, for our 5571 news segment, it's going to be about Universal Studios Hollywood. And I also wanted to transition this into our Main Street topic, because this was something I felt needed a little bit longer of a discussion than just what we normally talk about in our news segment. So this will sort of wrap up both all together at once, but it's going to be talking about Universal Studios Hollywood. And I wanted to first start off by highlighting username Exploring Attractions on Twitter. Um, now, they posted a video clip on Twitter of some, you know, lucky timing that they actually were able to catch some audible testing of roller coaster sounds that Universal Studios was com- conducting at that time of, you know, normal sounds that a roller coaster would make as it's rolling by with guests screaming on it. And they were projecting this sound kind of out into the lower lot areas of the theme park. Now, the reason why this is important is, of course, we already had some leaked concept art images from, I think it was screamscape.com that showed a Fast and the Furious, um, you know, Hollywood drift coaster that might potentially be coming to Universal Studios with its station and loading area up on the upper lot where the special effects show and animal actor show um, are currently located at this time. Now, both of those shows already had their last day and have closed for good. Um, And the rumor was that these locations would be demolished to make way for the queue and the the main station and loading area of this new external roller coaster. Now, this is important because Universal Studios doesn't have external attractions like these. Now, Jurassic uh, World attraction would be an exception to this with a small area outside, as well as the Flight of the Hippogriff roller coaster, which when was when it was being built was already a huge kind of question for Universal Studios Hollywood, because we have to remember, first and foremost, Universal Studios Hollywood is a working set. Um, almost every single day, in fact, every day, something is being filmed on the studio lot. And it's not just by NBC Universal itself, but by Netflix, by, you know, some artists that are making a music video, by Disney, by Warner Brothers. Even though the Warner Brothers lot is down the street and Disney's studios is just a little bit further away, um, they still utilize a lot of the areas at the NBC Universal Studios lot because of some of the special iconic areas that it has and the space that it has. It has the, you know, different outdoor, like the Metro sets and the Five Points Texas set and all these different things that other studio lots don't have um, that other studios sometimes need to utilize. Um, so building a massive outdoor attraction like this that could bring with it the normal sounds a roller coaster would make as well as the screaming and all that really is potentially a problem for this type of outdoor filming and this is a reason why universal has had mainly outdoor or indoor excuse me attractions and even when you're on the studio tour driving through a majority of these maybe hot sets at the moment, um, you'll get, you know, the complete part of your tour cut off 
with the TV screen that says to stay quiet because filming is in progress. Or if it's a super protected and, you know, really needing to be quiet area of a set that's being filmed on, they won't even go into that area and the tour will be completely um, diverted to a different area or skipping large parts altogether to avoid whatever's being filmed. So they do very much so protect the areas that are being filmed in. But at this point, with something like this, we could see a transition where Universal Studios really starts to prioritize the theme park of this whole studio's area. Um, of course, I don't believe they'll ever get rid of the filming aspect, being that it is in Hollywood, but with this roller coaster, it could signify a lot more um, you know, emphasis being placed on the actual theme park portion of this, especially since um, you know, we have the Olympics coming up here for Los Angeles in 2028, but also because they saw and have seen how much um, competition they can really bring to Disney, especially with Universal Orlando Resort. Their Halloween offerings for Halloween Horror Nights over there, their Grinchmas offerings, and just in general, overall attendance during busier um, times like spring break and summer. They really are with newer attractions and just newer attraction like attractions like the Velocicoaster are are able to bring large crowds and it is profitable for them and they are truly becoming a competitor to Disney and um, I think they really want to emphasize that and bring that to life in Hollywood as well to bring some sort of competition to Disneyland Park itself too. Um, so this video um, that Exploring Attractions posted on Twitter, and then a lot of other people were able to film the same thing over the next few days, is very significant. Now, again, this might be something that they're doing on their own, just to, you know, determine and have, you know, some professionals come in and see what the noise pollution would be like. Or this could be something that is required by the city. Um, Disney went through and is currently going through something very similar for Disneyland Forward um, and the proposed expansions that it wants to do in the Simba parking lot and in the, the hotel lots that are around the Disneyland Hotel that have all been earmarked as potential areas of expansion for Disneyland Resort. Now, those areas are currently just parking lots and don't bring with them a lot of noise to the surrounding homes that already existed there prior to a theme park being there as far as new theme park portions being there. Um, right now, they're right next to a par uh, parking lot, and those aren't always very loud um, when it comes to, you know, the noise pollution they're bringing. But if you brought an expansion or theme park land to those areas right next to those homes, you're bringing with it a plethora of new noises, potentially roller coasters, attractions, you know, background noise, guests screaming, maybe show effects from um, entertainment that's being offered in those lands. So all of these things bring new noise pollution and Disney is having to conduct tests with sound engineers, people that do this for a living, you know, where they test the different sound and noise pollution levels. So they can submit this to the city when they're trying to get approval for these expansions over in the Disneyland forward area. And this could be the same reason why Universal Studios is doing it um, if it's something related to city you know, approvals. Now, um, Universal Studios isn't just only a hot set and a theme park, but it's also up in the hills in Hollywood. Um, and being that it's up on a hill, 
um, being up on a hill can cast sound out pretty far. Sound travels, right? So it's also surrounded by some pretty expensive homes. Now, you know, Disney has a problem where it's also surrounded by homes too, but the caliber of homes that surround Hollywood, the Hollywood area of Universal Studios um, are just a lot more immense and um, a lot more expensive type of home. And so that could bring with it a lot more issues that Disney doesn't have to deal with, but Universal does. So, you know, currently they don't have a giant roller coaster outside their window. They do see, you know, the Hogwarts Castle and some other icons from Universal Studios all nestled up on the hills um, that make up the studio lot. But a roller coaster would bring a whole new look to that, you know, horizon looking out from their views. Um, So sight lines come into it, but the noise pollution they bring, if you look back and think back, actually to Disney California Adventure Park, or I guess back then it was called Disney's California Adventure, um, when it used to be California Screamin' before Pixar Pier. Now, we all remember those tubes on California Screamin' for all the different drops and parts of the roller coaster that go up above, you know, what would be the sight lines of Disney California Adventure Park. They all had tubes, whether it was on the drop or whether it was on the uphills portions of the roller coaster. Um, and on California Screamin', those tubes were only closed halfway and the halves that faced inside the park were always open. Now these tubes were specifically built to mitigate noise from California Screamin' because again this was a parking lot that didn't exist as a theme park before so all these homes and businesses that were right next to it um, were just right next to a parking lot which doesn't bring all that much noise but can bring some noise but certainly not as much as a launching roller coaster that goes on the daily carrying screaming yelling guests so um, those noise tubes were placed on the roller coaster to help mitigate that sound and um, today the tubes have been completely closed off because not only do they help mitigate the sound but they're also hiding show elements for the now Incredicoaster and Pixar Pier. Um, they also used this noise mitigation um, technique on the Malibuomer attraction, which used to be their tower drop attraction over in Paradise Pier, where the Emotional Whirlwind uh, ride is now currently sitting. Um, now, if you ever went on the Malibuomer attraction had a very similar look to Supreme Scream at Knott's Berry Farm, except for this particular version of that SNS drop tower attraction was a launch version. So you would start at the bottom, launch to the top, and then fall back down again, whereas Supreme Scream slowly and treacherously brings you up to the top and then drops you at a random time um, down below, kind of bouncing you down. Um, so if you ever went on that attraction, you know... It also had these big giant plexiglass shields that went around every single rider. Now, some people incorrectly labeled these as barf shields, but they were absolutely 100% made as a requirement for this attraction to mitigate noise. They were scream shields because what happens when you launch a whole cart of guests into the sky, hundreds of feet in the air, um, they're going to scream the whole entire way and it's going to project that scream out into the neighborhoods and businesses around Disney California Adventure Park that didn't exist before and was just a parking lot. So these scream shields help mitigate that sound 
to, um, you know, give Disney the okay and what they had to do in order to build this new theme park on an existing parking lot that is ever so closer to all those homes. And so I feel like this could be, you know, that was sort of a long version and sort of an example to explain this could be why Universal Studios is testing these sounds too. Um, And from what I could hear of the video from Exploring Attractions and other people that have been able to post clips of what it sounds like, it sounds exactly like the Velocicoaster, like they just recorded the Velocicoaster in Universal Orlando with the guests that are screaming on it. Um, to play that here as a sample for what you might hear if there was an external roller coaster going around the hills of the upper and lower lot for Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, like I said, this could be for approvals. It could just be for themselves conducting their own tests. But either way, it's an exciting move to potentially hearing some sort of announcement um, of this new roller coaster coming to Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, if it's anything as intense as the Velocicoaster, I probably won't be going on it, but I know it's exciting for a lot of people to have something as thrilling as this at Universal Studios Hollywood. The only bummer is we lost two shows, and the only current offering for entertainment at Universal Studios Hollywood is the Waterworld show. Now, something like the Velocicoaster at Universal Studios Orlando, if something similar would come to Universal Studios Hollywood, it would bring with it so much more Um, attendance as well as revenue opportunities for Universal Studios Hollywood, making it much more of a theme park destination for Southern California. However, I do still hope they bring some additional live entertainment back in some fashion uh, that would be similar to the Animal Actors Show or Special Effects Show, because these live shows that they did at Universal Studios Hollywood as early as when the park first opened, all the way up until more recently, is really what Universal Studios, in my opinion, is all about, um, especially Universal Studios Hollywood, where it talks about movie-making magic and bringing movies to life. Um, Theme park attractions are great. Immersive lands are great, like The Wizarding World and Super Nintendo World. Um, But those are only a portion of movie magic coming to life. Um, Some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff that these shows offered are really what made Universal Studios Hollywood special, and I hope it continues in some fashion um, in the future if there's any place for them to expand. However, this is still really exciting news for Universal Studios Hollywood, especially since this means they're still looking to expand that theme park, and it's only just beginning with Super Nintendo World on the potential for what can happen at Universal Studios Hollywood, and it's looking to be a pretty exciting future. So, But that wraps up this Main Street topic for the 5571 podcast. I hope you enjoyed a mostly news-heavy podcast episode this week, Um, and we're going to have some more news to talk about next week. If you haven't watched my current videos already on Disneyland Resort updates, I have one up from last week that went over some new things at Mickey's Toontown as well as some other construction over at Disney California Adventure Park and Disneyland. And then I have a current one in the works now that'll come out later this week after you listen to this episode that's going to be showing a lot more of the resort hotels. I know a lot of people were asking for me to go back and do some updates over at the Pixar Place Hotel and the Disneyland Hotel. So I had an opportunity to do that over the weekend and I'm currently editing that video. So that'll be out after this podcast episode um, before the weekend so that you guys can also enjoy that too. And if you haven't subscribed already, 
you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Just Ask Danny on YouTube and you'll be able to find it and subscribe and make sure you hit that bell notification button as it'll notify you when those new videos do come out because I always release them on different days of the week depending on when I can get it done and it will go right on up to YouTube um, the following day. So keep that bell notification on so you always know when those videos go live. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast episode but haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so and also turn the bell notification on on your podcast app because it'll let you know when a new episode drops. Of course, the 5571 podcast drops new episodes every Monday or Tuesday, depending on um, how things go over the weekend as far as what's being filmed and whatnot or what news is breaking. I decided I wanted to try to wait for some days of the week to be on Tuesday, like this week, because so much news is happening on Mondays that I felt like I was missing a lot of that news by dropping an episode at like 5 a.m. on Monday morning. So sometimes I might bring them out on Tuesday, sometimes it might be on Monday, just because Disney likes to drop a lot of news on Tuesdays. And I knew today we were going to have the shareholder meeting, and I didn't know if anything was going to drop during that, which really we didn't get a lot of theme park news in that. It was more centered around the studios and some of the stuff that's going on with the Florida Improvement District and the battle that they have going on with the governor, but that's a whole other topic altogether. Um, But thank you again for listening to this episode. I really do appreciate um, all the comments that you've shared with me. And again, all those new listeners, thank you so much for joining in and I hope you continue to stick around, but we'll see you in the next episode, everyone.